There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Welcome to the show. My name is John. It is great to see you guys. It is live at 8, and this is Episode 8 of Season 2. So good to be with you guys. For those that are watching this at wearemission.online, what's up? For you guys on Instagram TV, good to see you. And uh, let's see, to YouTube, a whole bunch of people are watching this on YouTube. So at the end uh, of our live cast, we have a link and that gets um, shared. So folks are watching this on YouTube. You can comment there on YouTube. You can share the link from YouTube. And then a whole bunch of people are listening to this audio style on the podcast while you're working out, cutting your lawn. No matter how you are engaging with this content, man, I'm so pumped that you are. And today is Wellbeing Wednesday with Brian Silver. What's up, Brian? How we doing, buddy? Good. Good. Good to see you. Hey, good to see wow. you. Good to see you. I know. It's um, episode eight. We're, we're, already, we're taking some ground here in season two. Amazing, isn't it? We're nearing time, double digits. Time wow. flies, man. It does. It does. And uh, it's been so great. I, I've heard so much feedback already from what you and I have been talking about on Wednesdays. Mental health. Oh, my goodness. It is such a top priority for me right now as a church. We're trying to equip our people, friends, truly anyone that will give us some time on Wednesdays around mental health, around getting unstuck. So many folks, including ourselves at times, uh, have found ourselves struggling quite a bit feeling stuck. And so what we've been talking about for the past uh, a couple episodes is all around strategies that really can help us get unstuck strategies if we're struggling. And, and it's been awesome, Brian. So this is, uh, I guess this is the third week, right, of you and I talking about strategy number three, if we're struggling. So, so uh, the last two, the first strategy that we talked about was all around radical acceptance, right? Yep. Yeah, that was it. And then uh, last week was so important. We talked about uh, removing these roadblocks uh, and ruts around guilt. I've heard from a lot of people on that one that like put the finger on the nerve ending. So many folks, um, especially uh, at least in the Chicagoland area. I mean, that's a, that is a biggie. And so we're on our third of six strategies for those that are struggling in the midst of everything going on. So, so what's number three, man, bring it. What do we got? Yeah, so three, uh, today we're going to work on re-engaging the present moment. Okay, yes. This I'm, is one of the I, I'm seeing, an, I'm seeing a, an R pattern and I like it. Yes, yeah, I tried, I tried to stick with a, an R theme. I think I got it for all six of them. We'll see. How okay, it. we'll see. Hold, hold me accountable, everyone. <laughs> so, so this is one of the hardest things for most of us to do, to, to be fully present in the present moment is... Yeah is such an incredibly valuable thing and, and something that our culture doesn't teach us to do. And we, we just don't do instinctively because of the chaos around us. Mm. We're pulled in a thousand different directions. Uh, and the more overwhelmed and anxious we get, and of course, nobody in this season is anxious or overwhelmed, <laughs> the more overwhelmed and anxious we get, the less present we become by default because we're so distracted and so yeah. pulled in, in a thousand different directions. I, I thought I would take a minute 
Uh, I wanted to share uh, uh, an excerpt from uh, something that I journaled about a handful of years ago Ooh. that might be helpful Yes, in framing this. So this was written um, on April 9th, 20, uh, 2016. I said, just moments ago, I stepped out of my children's bedroom after finally succeeding in lulling my three-year-old and my eight-month-old to sleep. My daughter's bedtime story was interrupted multiple times by my son squirming toward her on the bed, making them both laugh and re-energizing their tiny, overtired bodies. In the middle of singing them their lullaby, a sudden need for a diaper change further disturbed the already broken routine. My daughter eventually drifted off, and although my son was clearly exhausted, he was fighting hard and was crawling up my chest and pushing out of my arms. I wrestled him, I bounced him, and I sang to him. And eventually he gave up the hour-long fight and went to sleep. I'm ashamed to say that for the majority of that hour, I was frustrated, agitated, and even somewhat disconnected from the process. See, I had a plan in mind for the evening. My plan was to get the kids off to bed quickly so that I could straighten up and have some uninterrupted time to read and to do some writing. The irony was that I would be writing on surrender this evening, and as I, was, I was actually derailing my time with my kids by clinging to control. When I suddenly became aware of my hypocrisy, I fought to salvage my misguided approach and refocused my attention on being fully present with my son for the last bit of the hour before he drifted off. When people ask me about what is most important in this season of my life, my answer is always that I am trying to soak up every moment I can with my children. Mm. And yet in this particular moment, I chose control and I found myself distant from my children while singing them to sleep. And then I add, if I, if I read back through the account of my evening with, with my children through the lens of surrender, I see that I could have had moments of laughter, of meaningful struggle, of intimacy and connection. By focusing on my agenda, I missed most of that. Mm. So that, that's, that's great. That's from your journal. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was journaling about some writing that I was going to be doing on surrender. And I mean, my journal entries are like, had a bag of Doritos today. <laughs> <laughs> to, to my, be fair, my dog didn't, my dog didn't listen too well, <laughs> but my wife loves me. Uh, yeah. To Dude, that, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, Wow. No, I'm I'm not a good journaler, but I do I do write a lot because yeah. I do a lot of thinking about this stuff. Yeah. And so I, I'm calling it a journal, but it was more kind of brainstorming around this surrender stuff yeah. as I was wrestling with this myself. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, because my wife would laugh at me if she heard me call <laughs> it a journal. She's like, he's not that disciplined. <laughs> so um and uh honey, if you happen to be, you know you can type in, but um, anyway, so uh, I, I imagine that most of us can relate on some level to this, yeah. um, you know, this struggle to be present in the present moment, the best yeah. way. Yeah. And, and, and so psychology has given a lot of attention to this idea of mindfulness. It's a yeah. buzzword these days. Everybody's heard mindfulness. What is mindfulness? Right? Mindfulness is a lot of different things, but in psychology, probably the most useful way to think about mindfulness is learning to engage 
the present moment in the healthiest and most helpful way. Hmm. Or another way to say it would be learning to embrace the best version of the present moment. Hmm. So in that example, the best version would have been for me to embrace the struggle with my son, embrace the laughter. I, I didn't, uh, unfortunately, but, but that would have been better. Other examples, when, when I am making breakfast for the kids, there's a temptation to start checking my email, mm-hmm. right? And I can't be present with my email and present with my kids. Yep. Yep. I can't be present with my wife. I talked about uh, last season watching a guitar video when my wife was trying to talk <laughs> to me. Did not work out right. Really. Right. We we have to be present in the present moment. Um, not just because it's good practice, but because that's where we find life in the midst mm. of chaos. Mm. It's it's not in. It's, it's not in all the different directions that we're pulled. It's not in the past. It's not in the future. It's right here in, in the most engaged version of the present moment. So the way that we would talk about it in psychology is we would say, uh, if you're eating, eat. <laughs> like, just sit and eat and notice the texture and the flavor and, mm. you know, all, all that, right? If, if you're answering your emails, answer your emails. If you're playing with your kids, play with your kids. If you're on a date with your spouse, be on a date with your spouse. Mm. Yes. If you're reading, read. If you're laying on the beach and listening to the waves, lay on the beach and listen to the waves. This is hard stuff for us. Mm. We we have been deceived and pulled away from this so masterfully. It's fascinating. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, who some of you know, wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and all that stuff. Um, He's written a lot of stuff, and he also wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters. The Screwtape Letters is a fictional account that that C.S. Lewis wrote. Uh, about a sort of a, a high-level demon teaching other demons how to mess with us. Hmm. And uh, in one of the chapters, uh, this high-level demon is, is teaching his underlings about how to pull us out of the present moment. He, he argues, he says, okay, guys, if, if we want to really mess with them, it's critical to keep them from the present because it's in the present that people encounter the presence of God Mm. and discover how to embrace the best, most engaged and most freed versions of themselves. We've got to keep them in the past and the future. We've got to keep them distracted with those things and reaching until they numb out and kind of get into habit mode. And, And in fact, the way he describes it is kind of like staring off into a cold, dead fire. And the image that I got was, staring onto a cold dead screen just scrolling yep, yep. endlessly yep. yep numbed out distracted mm. we don't even have to fight them anymore the mm. demon says mm. because they're not even fighting for the they're not even reaching for the past or the present anymore the past or the future anymore they're so disengaged entirely that we don't need to worry about the present they don't remember it anymore just scroll and scroll and 
And this is so damaging. We, we're losing ourselves. Uh, and, and we can be found, our life can be found in the present moment because as, as the demon was afraid of, God's presence is found in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Many of, many of us feel lost in this season. We need direction. We're not sure what to do. And we, we scramble, we pull the covers over our head, um, but we don't think to stop and just be present. And here's the thing, when we're lost, mm. we can't listen for direction unless we're present. Mm. How do you yeah. listen when you're not present? Right. I mean, it, as you're talking, I mean, it reminds me of, you know, that passage in, in Isaiah that says, you know, forget, forget the former things, mm. you know, and, and then he says, behold, which is like, you know, a really important wor word. You know, I'm, I'm doing something new, like right now in this present moment. And, you know, the past is really important. It's a great place to, to learn from, but not live in, right? And in the future is, is really important to desire, certainly when it comes to eternity, but again, not a great place to live in. But like he just says, behold, like, do you not see it? Do not perceive it. I am doing something new right now in your midst. And I mean, I'll admit it has been something I've been, I've been practicing for about three years and I just call it notice the new. That's what I call it. Yeah. You know, and so I have this practice and it feels clumsy, but I'm out there walking. I leave my phone in the car most times and I'm just trying to notice the new things that God is doing right now in my midst. Mm -hmm. And, and bro, I'm I, the training wheels are on for me, but it's, it's really been helpful because I can easily, um, kind of live in, in the past. For me, the biggest temptation is living the future. I'm a futurist. Think about vision, the future all the time, but God is teaching me how to notice the new that right now he's breaking in. There is incredible things that he's wanting to say to me and, and show me and, soothe in me in this very present moment right now. And uh, I'm just learning how important it is to like that word notice feels so, um, I don't know, like not amazing or not massively important, but like it is, it is a really important thing. That's what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you're just, we, we use in psychology, we talk about noticing a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I reference I, I reference fairly often um, material from a, a type of therapy called dialectical behavior therapy. I've mentioned that before. DBT. DBT. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a behavioral based therapy. I, I'm an eclectic therapist. I use a lot of stuff, but there's some great skills based uh, tools in um, in DBT. And one of the things that DBT talks about is observe and describe. Oh, oh, I like that. So. Take a moment in the present and observe and describe. I, I, notice, I notice the microphone in front of my face. 
I I noticed the uh, the pastor in the the hat of the day uh, across from me. Birthday hat. Nice. I got a few for my birthday. I've yeah. got a little bit of a hat issue, but keep noticing. <laughs> Describe. That's right. I I noticed the uh, the stack of. Um, game boxes that my laptop is sitting on so that my my laptop has a place to, to all right now hey right now let me ask you this so as you notice things that maybe you would be critical of like what do you do with that like like um i'm so let's just say we're in that moment and i'm noticing that it's late at night i'm doing the dishes um I'm, I'm tired. You know, I don't know what it might be, but just something critical or something that like, how do you, what do you do with noticing those kinds of things? Noticing parts of yourself, maybe that like, ah, I wish I had done this or I wish I would be doing that. Like, how do you, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, so when we start taking notice of the, the, I wish, I wish I had, or I wish this were different. Um, what we what we often do is we sort of lose ourselves in the past hmm. um, and and we focus on what we wish we had changed very similarly to the way that we were talking last week about um, you know sort of this penance we get we get mm-hmm. lost in this this self defeating behavior this self judgment um, what's my problem that kind of thing and and so this is a perfect opportunity to engage the present moment differently and to say uh i i don't like i don't like the way i handled myself i don't like the way i I modeled my character um how can i use my energy right now differently Hmm. so so the present moment is really powerful um and and sometimes when we're having trouble you know recognizing recognizing the present moment we can use our surroundings observing and describing to bring us back in we can even you know change our surroundings hey i observe that i'm inside i i notice the temperature i step outside and i describe the difference now in the present moment um if i'm if i'm struggling some a lot of people with anxiety they get panic attacks and this observe and describe being really present in the moment actually helps the panic attacks be smaller and last less time. If if we panic about the panic, oh my goodness, I'm I'm getting all I'm I'm getting all sweaty and and, and my my heart's racing and all it, it builds the anxiety. Mm-hmm. If if we start to go, okay, I know what this is, this isn't dangerous, I don't like this, this this really sucks. Um this isn't, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. my hands are getting sweaty, my chest is getting tight, this is a panic attack, I just need to ride it out. By observe by being present, hmm. the panic attack actually stays lower and lasts less time. And sorry about that alarm. Hey, we're just gonna notice that, and it's okay. Well, it's an alarm. I, I, I have an alarm every night to pray for my wife, and <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Um. So, um, because ADD boy here can't remember to do anything without an alarm. <laughs> Um, so, uh, at any rate, um, we have trouble listening, um, because we can't, we're not very good at being in the present moment. 
And, and this, this really is an issue. If we want to hear God, we have to be present. There's an interesting passage. Jesus is talking with a crowd and he calls on God. And God actually, actually audibly speaks from heaven. Mm-hmm. And some, some say, oh, I hear thunder. And others say, I think an angel spoke. There's this, there's this dichotomy of mm. some people, they're, they're distracted by whatever they're doing. They're not, they can't hear God's voice mm. because they're just, not, they're just not present enough. They're, they're too distracted by their own agendas. They're distracted, whatever, okay? And the Spirit of God is speaking all the time in the present yes. moment. yes. But here's the interesting thing about the Spirit of God. In, in the book of John, it says that the, the, the wind, wind and spirit, the word for wind and spirit are the same. Um, the wind blows where it pleases. The Spirit blows where, it's, where it pleases. So, so the Spirit of God is always speaking. Um, it's not very predictable. So if we're not paying attention, if we're not fully present, we're going to miss it. So we have to become good windsurfers <laughs> if we want to be... Yeah. Uh, if we want to be connected to, uh, uh, to what God is doing in the present moment. And to illustrate this, um, windsurfing and surfing are not really the same thing, but my wife and I used to live in California and we had a lot of surfing friends. I wasn't very good at it. We would do it, but, uh, um, you know, there's, there's a whole culture around this and, um, people would literally you know, practically wear their wetsuits under their work clothes so they would never miss a wave. They would stand at the shoreline and they would watch <laughs> because they, they did not want to miss hmm. where the waves were going. Hmm. And when they saw it, when the wave was moving, bam, they were off. Hmm. They were fully present in the present moment, fully present in in investing themselves in watching those waves. And, and so in, in a season where we are anxious, we're overwhelmed, we're spent, and we don't have the steam on our own, and our instinct is to scramble in a million different directions, or pull the covers over our head, or think about how much better it would be if, or think about the good old days, or why I didn't do this. Instead of just being in the present moment, we miss out on how God can carry us into the best version of the present moment that we need to be in at that time. Hmm. And so this is, this is critical. If you, if you don't have good tools to listen, I can give you some. Hmm. Why don't we talk about a couple of these? Give us some tools. Come All on, right. baby. What we All got? Right. So um, one tool uh, and and I'll, I'll give you a couple kind of psychological mindfulness tools and maybe some of the little bit of a spiritual twist. So um, one tool that I use a lot with, uh, with people to help them just kind of reground to the present moment is um, breathing color, which sounds kind huh. of funny. But what you do is you take, you, you pick a color to represent calm or peace. Okay. And then you pick a color to represent chaos or stress. Hmm. And, and what you do is you sort of quiet yourself. You just center your breathing 
And then you begin to imagine, you imagine almost like, you know, uh, what colors did you pick for calm and stress? Calm is camouflage. Does that, does that count? Yeah, sure. Camo works. Uh, the stressful color is red. Okay. Uh, camo sounds sort of like chamomile, which is a very calming. See? Yeah, See? I think, okay. You're on to something. You know, it's, it's duck season, so I've got camouflage on, on the brain. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> So, so imagine almost, uh, almost like on a, a cloudy day when the, uh, you know, the fog is hanging low, there's like yeah. a mist in the air. Yep. Right? So imagine there's this kind of camouflage mist. Oh, all right. Okay. And so every time you breathe in, you close your eyes and you imagine this, you breathe in deeply through your nose, you breathe in this cam this calm camouflage mist. And every time you breathe out, you breathe out that red, almost like huh. on a cold winter's day when you can yeah, see your breath right. out through your mouth. Huh. So you imagine yourself taking in the calm and breathing out the, the stress. Well, I like that. Okay. And so you do this for a few minutes. Now, I'll often give this exercise just like that. Okay. But... Um, but let's say you were really trying to be present with God mm. while doing an exercise like this. Um, you could, you could take scripture yeah. and you could, you could uh, breathe it with, mm. um, with this color exercise. So you could say, mm. come to me and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Okay. I like the, uh, the, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You can, you can use that one. You can use the little, little. I think I might. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good one. So, so the, that's sort of a, a twist on a breath prayer. Yeah. I like that. With, along with a mindfulness exercise. That's cool. Um, and, and there are, there are a, a number of mindfulness exercises that, sizes that can be done. You can use counting. So some people who have trouble sleeping at night, and I imagine a lot of people are right now, <laughs> a great exercise to help you be present in the present moment in a way to fall asleep is to count backwards from 300 by threes in your head. Huh. Now, your, your goal is not to get down to zero, and it doesn't matter if you mess up the numbers. The point is, is in a very non-judgmental way towards yourself, oh man, we don't do that to ourselves. That, that's counterintuitive. We just kind of say, okay, I'm going to anchor my brain to this one thing. So I'm counting. So instead of all the 18 different things that my mind is trying to anchor itself to, it's now anchored to this one thing. And it takes enough concentration that it kind of yeah. quiets the other stuff down, but it's not so exciting huh. that it actually wakes you up. So it becomes this singular thing, this singular focus that you, you can do while you're trying to drift off to sleep. There's, there's muscle exercises and there's imaging ways to do it and there's physical ways to do it, but tensing and relaxing different muscle groups um, to, again, just be present, even present with yourself. Am I aware mm. of the tension that I'm carrying in different parts of my body? Mm. And, and so the more that we practice being present, 
the more we're able to engage the present moment uh, in a helpful way. Mm. So I'll, I'll end with this one little thought. Could I ask you something before you end with the thought? Oh yeah. You know, I, um, I think we're the most distracted people in human history. And I think research is showing that, you know, how apps are, you and I were just talking about uh, the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's the most important book I've read in 2020. Highly endorse it. Unbelievably powerful. And in that book, you know, he talks a lot about how these companies literally have the technology and the ability, like the, the apps they are creating are literally meant to distract us. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it, that has just rocked me. And so in the book, he talked about some, you know, kind of tools, tips, hacks around one was making your smartphone a dumb phone. And I, I talked about that on the show last week. But yeah, it's nearly impossible to be in the present moment when you've got alerts going off left and right. When it's an alert to pray for your wife, that's a good one. But you know what I'm saying? It's like when your phone is buzzing, when your watch is buzzing, when you've got, I mean, it's, we're setting ourselves up to not be in the present moment. And another thing that um, he talked about in the book that I started doing is uh, parenting my phone. And uh, so, you know, something I've, I think I've done it now for four weeks where my phone now has a bedtime, just like my kids. And, um, so my phone at 8 30 PM has a bedtime and I leave it downstairs. It doesn't come up to the room with me. And then I don't greet it until 8 30 in the morning. And so I have like an hour, you know, a couple hours in the morning, a little bit more than that uh, with God, totally not distracted. I'm not responding to an unsharped sharpened mind to all the alerts and the messages and all this. No, I'm like, anyway, that just to add to a couple of those tools that has been so helpful for me to make my smartphone a dumb phone. I've deleted Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and everything from my phone and email. And then secondly, starting to parent my, my phone (laughs) and uh, it doesn't go up to the room. It has a bedtime. And um, it seems like the world is still spinning, which has been a, a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic, John. Yeah. I, I, uh, I actually am inspired to, to maybe play around with, uh, yeah, give it a shot. Some of those thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't recall where this comes from. This is, uh, uh, this is a, a secular book that this comes from. Uh, but, uh, it, it tells a story of, Something along the lines of, imagine that you are, um, you're being chased by wild dogs who are trying to eat you alive. Mm-hmm. And you, you come to the edge of a cliff and there's a vine. And you climb down the vine and you get halfway down the vine only to notice that there uh, is a, you know, a, a lake at the bottom with dozens of hungry alligators that want to eat you as well. And, uh, and the rope is breaking, okay? But at eye level, there is this grow, growing out of the side of the cliff is this single red ripe strawberry. Now, um, inevitably, somebody's going to say, I'm allergic to strawberries. 
what you know, it could be a Lou Malnati's pizza. It doesn't matter oh. what it is. Okay. There's a Lou Malnati's pizza growing out of the side of this class. <laughs> All right. Um, the, the question is, is what does it look like to be present in the present moment? Hmm. When, when it feels like every direction hmm. is just despair, do I, do I stare at the despair or, or do I, do I really immerse myself in enjoying that red ripe strawberry? And there's, there's two principles here that I think are important. Um, one is, you know, a, a lot of us feel like we're kind of trapped. There's a lot of things that are out of our control. Mm. And there are a lot of red ripe strawberries around us that we're not taking advantage of because we're so focused on them. Mm. We need to take a minute to think about what are those strawberries. It might be it might be a good friend. It might be a spouse. It might be our children. Hmm. Um, it, it might be uh, it might be a, a value of compassion that we want to embody in hmm. you know building into somebody else's life. It might be generosity that we could be investing ourselves in. What, whatever it is, um, we're missing it. Hmm. And so we need to take a moment to think about what are those strawberries. And and. Not only that, but remember, although this comes from a secular book, we know that God's presence is found in the present moment. Hmm. And so wild dogs, alligators, breaking rope, that's not too big for God. Hmm. And if we take the time to embrace the best version of the present moment and enjoy that red ripe strawberry, we're actually joining with God in the present moment who is actually the one who says no weapon formed against you will prosper, who says he will guard you yeah. with his righteous right hand. He will, he will enfold you in the shadow of his wings. He will keep you safe. Mm. And so let's not get overly distracted by the wild dogs and the alligators that are terrifying us in this season and overwhelming us. Let's embrace the best of what is. That's so good, man. I'm I'm gonna go get some strawberries next time I'm at Jewel. I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna look at strawberries the same way. Hey, this was such a gift, Brian. And just on behalf of myself and our church community at Mission, and so many other folks that watch the show that you know aren't part of our church, don't go to a church, some that live out of state, man. Thank you so much. The amount of time you've been devoting. Uh, to this show it is truly, truly a gift to help uh, so many that are struggling right now find these strategies. And so, man, what a gift you've been. Hey, if you are uh, watching this right now at wearemission.online, a link is coming up. It is the YouTube link. Please, if you would, share this with a friend. Sharing is caring. If you're watching this on Instagram TV, go ahead and send this to a friend. Why not? Let's get the word out if you're watching this. Um, any other way, we are just thrilled that you are taking in the content. If you're listening to this uh, with Apple Podcasts, if you would, you could rate it and review it. I love you guys. And uh, that's all we got for episode eight. I'll see you guys on Friday morning for episode nine. Have a great one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.